You're listening to the You Don't Know Me Yet Podcast Network. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Speak Black Woman Podcast. Now, my name is Quinn Conyers, and I am super excited because you know me. I go near and far, locally and globally, to find Black women who are using their voices to advance in their business, their career, or to make more stages and opportunities for people who look like you and me. And I can say I am definitely excited about the next person that you are going to meet. Some of you may be connected with her, if not. What rock have you been under? And for those of you who are about to get introduced to her, I promise you, get a pen and paper because she has an awesome, amazing story. And again, one of those awesome, amazing Black women that you just need to know about. So I am not going to make you wait any longer. I'm going to go ahead and invite Miss Monique Ruff-Bell to the Speak Black Woman podcast. Monique, how you doing? How you feeling? Hi, Quinn. I am doing great. Thank you so much for inviting me. I am so excited to finally connect with you and have this conversation. Yes. And I'm excited that you are here. I'm excited to get to know you a little bit more beyond the bio was what I had to call it. Right. We have a bio. I'm going to let you know a little bit about her, but it's my job to go a little bit deeper. So, you know, her voice can be activated and highlighted. And then, you know, if you're listening or watching, anytime someone, a black woman elevates, and amplifies her voice, gives permission for us to do the same. And that's what we are all about. So, Miss Monique Ruff Bell, right? She is currently the head of conferences at TED. Yes, TED. TED Talk, TEDx. Yes, what you were thinking, that part, right? And as head of conferences, she leads a dynamic team in the managing, planning, and execution of TED's flagship global conferences, TED member events, and virtual events. Now, this includes product strategy, innovation, attendee experience, creative marketing techniques that draw in a diverse, curious community, as well as work with creatives and visionaries to dream up and enact revolutionary ways of gathering to push the boundaries of experiential events. Now, I'm excited because most of you who are connected with me you want to do a TED Talk. You want to be a part of one. You want to know how you can be a part of this movement. This episode is for you because I promise you I'm going to ask the questions that I know that you're already thinking. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and just say, let's just start with it, right? Because this is a new position for you, right? But you've always had this love affair with events. Now, did you grow up like, I want to be in the events industry? How did you and events get together and decide to get married? Because that's what I feel like. You're just married, you know, to the whole <laughs> event experience but how did that happen Quinn I don't know anybody that ever say when I want to grow up I want to do multi-conference events for organizations <laughs> like they might say I want to do parties but they don't say conferences um and so how did I get here my quick origin story is I was in college I was studying marketing I did not know what that meant or what I wanted to do so I did an internship at a small media and event company that was African-American owned and led by two African-American women. And they did mostly events and entertainment and in associations. And so I got to kind of be thrown into the deep end of what it takes to put on a proper conference. And uh, one of the entertainers or speakers, I forgot what he was doing, was LL Cool J. And so when LL came off the stage, he was so friendly and he gave me this huge hug. And I was like, oh my God, I get to hug LL Cool J. I'm never leaving this industry. I want to do events like forever. And so that became my road of opportunity for me. And so I've worked in publishing, media, associations, entertainment, 
Um, and so in fintech, uh, entrepreneurial programs, uh, mobile marketing associations, so so many different things. And then I finally ended up at TED, but it was a journey to move through that and to get into the type of leadership positions that I was able to get into. It was very strategic for me to do that. And we're going to come back to that, but we're going to have to do one thing real quick. <laughs> she said she hugged LL Cool J, y'all. I know y'all screamed with me, right? I know you were thinking, well, did he smell good? Did he lick his lips? You know, I'm, I'm sure you were thinking all of that. You got to keep these people entertained, Monique, because they're listening. Yes, he, he smelled good, and it was like like hugging a statue. I was like, Lord, like, oh my goodness, this man is solid. It was okay. like, it was a beautiful experience. Now, I'm a married woman, but I'd have been peeking over your shoulder like, you got another hug and then you left LL. That's what I would have came around the corner with. No, I love that. And, and thank you for sharing that. And and how cool is it to actually work with, you know, women who are running, you know, this company that has such an impression on you. So, yeah. I mean, you are a part of numerous, you know, associations and organizations, but, you know, a lot of the women that are listening right now, they're speakers, right? They want to get on certain stages. And from someone who is probably hired speakers, looking for speakers, you know, what is probably, I want to start with the number one thing, right? Because I know I've never actually done a TED talk. I've emceed a TEDx event mm -hmm. um, before, which is so interesting because I didn't even know it was a thing, right? Like mm -hmm. literally an organizer was like, we have our speakers. She was like, but we're having an event. Do you sing? I'm like, you yeah, know, I don't really sing. She's like, well, do you dance? I'm like, I mean, I can two-step, but if you're looking for a Sierra or a Beyonce, that's not me. She's like, well, we did. We don't have an MC. I'm like, I can do that. I can MC. Yeah. And I really didn't know that it was a full-fledged production for these people who have these conferences. So what are some of the common, you know, misconceptions that people have about the TED brand or the TEDx brand? And again, I know it's not just about you being a motivational speaker. It is about an idea worth sharing. So I know people are like taking notes on this one, but what's that common misconception that people think when they want to speak or be a part of a TEDx or a TED event? Well, even just bigger than that. So my background was I've done everything that you can do in events, including content management, content programming, finding speakers, uh, creating topics for conferences and all of that good stuff. Uh, so for TED, I run the full experience of what happens that happens off the stage. Uh, and there's an entire curation team that focuses on what happens on the stage. And so with that, what are they looking for? They are looking for someone who has a unique been on a topic that maybe people have heard before or haven't heard before. Another thing is futurism innovation is a huge thing for the topics that we kind of gravitate to. Uh, so whether it is just looking at doing something day to day differently, or um, you're bringing something new and innovative to the table, and you can do that in 18 minutes <laughs> to really craft a good story. You know, some people think they are great speakers, but they're not great storytellers. And that is a very distinctive skill set to, it's different to read off of something or to put a beginning, a middle, and end, but can you craft a story that grabs that attention right from the very beginning? What's that power line that you can put right at the very beginning that makes that connects with your audience, that they want to hear more, that they, they are stunned into listening or they are mesmerized by something that you are saying. And that's very, very hard. 
a lot of people don't know that even with great speakers who come to the table or great topics, there is a still a lot of speaker training that we do behind the scenes for a speaker to be ready for our stages because our stages are game changers for people. Mm-hmm. There, you be, you can get book deals and be on television and really just really blow up by just doing an 18 minute TED talk. So we really want to prep you and help you to craft the right type of story. But being a storyteller is hugely important. Oh, I love that. And you're so right. You know, I think that the TED stage um, is really a foundation and sometimes can be a, a, a catapult or, you know, a lot of people are used to being good and great. If done right, that TED stage can make take you to grand. Yes. And most of us don't know that grand is available, you know? Yes. So we operate on good and great for so long. So I can go around that, you know, around storytelling, you know, you know, when it comes down to, which I love, cause I mean, my whole brand is about, you know, using your voice and, and making sure that you're seen and you're heard, you know, are there certain, you know, people who come to the stage? Cause people sometimes feel like if you're a good speaker, that you're not nervous, that you really behind the scenes have to develop and deliver because people don't even know that even if, and, and I don't know, you can correct me if I'm wrong. If it's on the TED stage or the TEDx stage that most people have a coach, that prepares you. And these are people who might've been speaking for 10 or 20 years, but that TED experience is a little bit different from a motivational speech. Can you talk about that? Some of the preparation that, you know, your team does with these speakers off stage? Please know every single person is nervous. There is not one speaker (laughs) that comes to our stage who is not shaking their knee, walking around, uh, backstage and just overall has some type of anxiety uh, that's brewing in them. There are people who come to our stages and who in mid talk mess up mm. or need to pause or need to breathe. And what's wonderful about our community is the audience cheers you on to greatness. Like they mm-hmm. clap they are motivating towards you even when you're not doing something um, perfectly to your standards. Uh, So everyone's nervous. What we do is we take that and say, this is how you breathe or work through it. Like there are tools to get you through the pauses, the, oh, I forgot or anything like that, that we kind of help coach the um, speaker through. And also you practice, you practice, practice, practice so much. This is not anything where you can do a talk that you crafted a week ago. Mm-hmm. It's not anything that you can even do a month before. It is constant. You are practicing in the mirror. You are practicing in your sleep. You are practicing in front of family and friends. You are constantly repeating this story until it feels natural, until it feels like a wonderful song you've memorized and you're ready to kind of sing it out loud. It is practice, practice, practice. Um, And then it's like making sure that you are inserting yourself into the story that you're creating. It's not just about you sharing facts. It's about how do you make connection? How do you create an emotive experience for the attendees that are sitting in the audience? What do you need to say to create that? And so we help coach you through that that piece of authenticity of how you're bringing your true self into your talk 
that many people can relate to or understand or connect with. Absolutely. And, you know, as I'm listening to you, I I appreciate, you know, just the insight because even the seasoned speakers, like you said, get a little bit nervous. So the fact that there is a team, I say champion and cheerleaders on and off the stage, I want to see you do well, is is very reassuring as I know that people have a TED Talk um, on their bucket list, right? That's something that they want to do. It's so interesting. I, I probably don't yeah, I, I want to MC one. <laughs> I actually want to do. I mean, I think when the time is right, I'll get an opportunity to do one. But I had so much fun emceeing that one in Loudoun County that it just kind of opened my eyes to like, I liked introducing the speakers, recapping their main points. So, you know, I always like to do that. Um, and, and can I just give you a little bit of background on TEDx? Sure. So, so t- you got TED and you got TEDx. TEDx is our licensing program. Mm-hmm. So we don't run TEDx events. These are all volunteers and community yep. members who come to us and apply for a license to use the TED name um, to put on a TEDx event. Uh, they have to hit certain criteria. You can't make money off of your TEDx event. Um, and so you are responsible from soup to nuts with creating that experience for people as long as you're hitting some key criteria that we have. And then what happens is we might have you, if you have some really great talks, it then might filter into our channels, the TED channels from a TEDx experience, or we might uncover a really great speaker that then we have on the TED stage. So it's more like a funnel for us. Mm. Um more than anything, but we don't necessarily, you know, we have a management team to make sure there's thousands and thousands of TEDx licenses and events and things like that that's out there. But overall, we do not run any part of that. Yes. And thank you for that clarification, because I was going to say you are not with TEDx. She she is with TED, the math daddy, right? <laughs> like, I don't know how else to say it. It's, 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 it's the uh, not the franchisee, yeah. but the 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 Mac Daddy is just what comes to mind. Like what comes to mind. But yes, thank you for that. And yes, the a lot of us are really that's why I say TED and then TED X because it is um a difference. And I learned that through you know everything that you know was was going on. So I want to take a quick break and then come right back. Um, just stay right there. But for okay. those of you who are listening, um, you are listening to the Speak Black Women podcast, literally on the. Ebony Podcast Network, and I'm having a conversation with Monique Ruffbell. We'll be right back in a second. Okay, and we are back. Listen, we are just having a conversation with Monique. We're talking about her experience as she is curating some awesome, amazing events under the TED brand. Now, there are some things that I think we are very much aware of, but some things that we might not know about the whole TED brand. I know that before the break, you talked a little bit about between TED and TEDx, and I was talking about how it's the Mac Daddy, but also you you curate TED member events, flagship global conferences. Talk a little bit about that, because I don't think people understand the diversity of of the TED brand. Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, TED it hasn't done this huge amount of push to explain that TED is more than just TED Talks. Um, we are a nonprofit organization that does a lot to make impact uh, globally around the world. So we have uh, foundation and funding projects for initiatives that are changing communities. We have TED at Work and TED Institute, where we bring our TED Talk training into organizations so they can host their own internal TED programs. 
Um, we also have our flagship conferences where a lot of the TED Talks that are released online come from a conference. It doesn't come from us just filming these things separately. Um, so we have a, a TED Women focused event, um, which I am excited to say we are bringing um, digitally this year and then in person, uh, looking at the Southeast for next year in the USA. And that is focused on bringing some powerhouse women and building community and changing lives, um, bringing uh, organizations that could create impact beyond just sharing ideas into that type of program. We have uh, something called the Future Forum, which is our climate initiative that we work on. And we bring different um, corporate leaders um, as well as community members on how we can stop climate change and all of that good stuff. There are literally 12 different type of departments within TED uh, with over 300 plus team members all around the world trying to make this happen. With our Vancouver event is where most of the TED Talks come out of. That happens every year. Anyone can apply to a come. It is an application process to get in because it is a curated audience. But we have a mix of everyone imaginable that can apply and come. It is our biggest donor event of the year. So um, most of the ticket price that you pay to come in is written off as a tax donation um, into a nonprofit organization. So a lot of people don't even know that. Uh, so yes, TED is more than just TED Talks and we live beyond just what happens online. Yes, I love that. And I, I'm thank you so much for that clarification because I think that the reason why I was it, because I, I know that people have this aspiration. It's a bucket list type thing, but I wanted to give people, especially a lot of the women that I know, just some more insight into the process and how this really works. Um, you know, it's no secret. The name of this podcast is Speak Black Woman. And I mean, you're showing up, you're shining. I feel like any <laughs> microphone, any megaphone that I give you, you're going to take it and run. Have you always been so confident in your own voice through your career? Or is it something that you kind of developed over time? I have a good story to tell when it comes to that. Okay. <laughs> a good story to tell. I was in an organ organization. I was the only black person in that organization doing events. And I remember coming to work one day and these two Caucasian men were having an argument right in the middle of the office. And it was a big argument. And, you know, I came in, I'm all prepped and proper. And I say the right things. I think before I speak. Um, I'm basically, you know, not bringing my whole authentic self to work. I have my representative that's shining through day in and day out. And so I see this spectacle that's happening in this office. And I just knew one of them was getting fired tomorrow. So I was like, oh, I like that guy. I hope he don't really get, I hope, you know, it's all quick and easy when they fire him. And when he came back into the office, it was like nothing ever happened. Nothing happened. That spectacle was just like something that just blew in the wind. And I was like, I'm sitting here making sure I, I show up and I'm well liked in everything that I do and I speak properly and I, and I look good and I do this and I do that. And these two fools just showed out in front of this office and everything is fine for them. I am done. Mm. I am done bringing the representative. I'm going to be the same Monique, whether I'm at home or at work. I am a moral, clear, concise person, regardless of the fact. But if I have a little twang in my voice, if I use a little Ave in my talk, if I have to do whatever I have to do, um, that you're going to see me and it's not going to be perfect, then that's what it is. And those that like me will keep me and understand that I bring value to the table, irregardless of what I look like. 
And from that day on, <laughs> I started moving into leadership positions. I started being very clear about my boundaries. Um, and I, I felt like the confidence bred from seeing that I was holding myself back. Mm, you became unmuted. Yes, exactly. That is what I call that. I love that. And, and thank you for sharing that. But you know, what I realized, it's not just us, right? It's not just, we've been told that we've got to be twice as good. Yes. You know, our, you know the, the stories of, you know, our mothers and our grandmothers that have followed through, like it's a different age, you know, like, I mean, how even we wear our hair, the fact that I have on purple lipstick, you know, all that good stuff, you know, right. it was something that you, you, you can't do. And I love the fact that you talked about being your authentic self, um, at least you had that, what I call awakening because there's some people still walking around and they're not, you know, they're just, like you said, sending the representative and wondering why they feel unfulfilled and they feel empty. So, you know, speaking of that, if somebody is listening and they are still sending the representative to work or to their business, do you have any insight for them? Like, how can they have their awakening? How can they break free? It does, you no favors. So one of the things that was happening with me is I was a really high performer, good worker, came early, stayed late, did what needed to be done. And I still wasn't getting the promotions. Mm. I still wasn't getting noticed. And so I was like, okay, you know, this, you, you, no one really teaches you when you get out of school that you're no longer in school. It's not about being the A plus student anymore. It doesn't matter anymore. Your career is decided when you're not in the room by other people. And so what do you need to do to make sure that you have advocates in those rooms who are speaking your praises when you're not there so that you get these opportunities? And then how are you asking for what you want? And so one of the things that started changing for me is um, I got a sponsor uh in my organization where it was a two-way street, this person saw the value, saw that I was bringing in good work and good ideas. But then when they were ready to move on, I was like, you know, I'm a good worker here and this is what I can do, but I'm looking for X, Y, and Z. And you know, I can make you look good and make this department grow. You need to be bringing me along. And he did, and he did it for four jobs. And every time that he moved into, because he was a Caucasian man, so he got more of those opportunities, way more than I did. Uh And every time that he would move into that, I was like, okay, well, now I need to know what it feels like to be in a room with the CEO. Now I need to know, how do you understand a P&L? What do I need to do to make sure that I'm running this department and not just managing a siloed uh, tactic or tool within this department? Um, And every time I would ask for what I wanted and every time he made a way for it to work. And then when we got to the fourth job, I was like, I'm good. I got everything that I needed. I got the seat at the table. I'm confident enough to go for these very senior roles and opportunities on my own. And in the end, it worked out for me because I was very strategic about who I needed to connect with, making sure that I had that reputation and that brand in those organizations, showing my value and asking for what I wanted. I love it. This mic drop moment was bought to you by <laughs> Monique Ruffell. You heard how she just dropped that mic. I just was like, I, I mean, do I pick it up? Is there a virtual mic? I love it. And, and and you said something that's so simple yet so profound, asking for what we want. That's a right. lot of times people will say, well, if I if you need anything, let me know. We'll be like, okay. And we'll walk away, right? Versus saying, okay, because you asked, here is what I would need, right? That's right. Making sure that your track record, your history can match that. Because you can't ask somebody to do something for you that you haven't, you don't got no receipts, right? right. 
So I, I love that. And, and thank you for sharing that. We're going to take a, a quick action. I can keep rolling. Um, you know, thank you so much for sharing that because I think it's something that, you know, we, we really need to know. Um, and I appreciate your transparency. Right. And I always say our advocates and our allies might not always look like us. Absolutely all. not. Absolutely not. Like who has the seat at the table? And it's not that, you know, this person did it out of the kindness of their heart. They saw the value that I was bringing to this department, helping grow things just strategically, being revenue minded about things. They saw what I was bringing to the table. And so they wanted to keep that going. And so they were willing to be helpful to me because I was showing up and showing out in the most positive way for them. Um, but not everybody's going to do that. So I was very clear about who I needed to connect with, who I can see who was going to be a true advocate for me, not just talk about it, but be about it. Right. And seeing how they were being about it with other people. So I was like, okay, so this person is a person I need to make sure I connect with. So it's, to me, it wasn't about um, networking. It was about authentic connection and making sure that I was finding the right person or people to be my advocate for when I wasn't in the room to speak my praises. I love that. And and what I call that is, you know, we, you said sponsor, that's relationship revenue. Yeah. There you to go. Me, you know, like I have my own little language. I have a whole, I mean, I'm like, <laughs> I, I want to leave a legacy with my language. Like that's part of what I want to do. When people think about Quinn, you know what I mean? Oh, she was a great speaker or MC, but she just had a way with words. And I, and I think about, that's what you just mentioned. It's relationship revenue, right? Literally, because it's probably getting you to your next, you know, career move yeah. um, or just, just building that within. Well, you know, you, you drop so many good stories, so many good gems. And, you know, for women who are out there right now and they're like, you know what, Mo Monique's story inspires me and, and I love, you know, is there a piece of advice in your career that you received that you're like, you know what, I am so happy I didn't take that on, right? Because you know how sometimes if you are the only, whether you're the only woman, the only black person, and someone says, you know what, if you want to grow, you should do this. And somebody told you something and it just it didn't sit well in your spirit. And you're glad that you listened to your own voice and did what you felt was right. Was there a time that ever happened to you in your career? Yes. But even more than that, burn the perfectionism cape. So mm -hmm. the thing is, we don't come to the table until we think we've crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's. And we can say 100%, I am the person for this or I can do this, while others are looking at other people simply because of the potential. And so we have to have some type of, we can't be risk averse when it comes to our career. We have to understand when do you take the chance? When do you take the leap? When do you leave the job and move on and not think that you have to be perfect? And I think perfectionism as a whole holds women, all colors, back. Um, and so we really need to understand that we're not going to be perfect. We're not going to have everything. I'm all about the 80-20 rule. If I got 80% of what's needed, I'm going for it. And I'm going to act like I got 120 when I'm, I'm at that table. Um, and so I think more than anything, we have to learn how to get comfortable with risk. We have to learn how to get comfortable with failure, understanding that it's going to teach us how to do something differently the next time and be okay with that. I don't want to see you go. 
I'm like, can I just talk to you forever? I'm taking notes. Listen, y'all, this was so good. This was like a midday masterclass, you know? And, and, and I say this all the time. Like when I, when I do these, I, I do it because I know there's so many women tuning in, but I also become a student. Like, I think that's also the beauty of growing. And, and you didn't say this, but I can just tell by your words of wisdom is that you grow and you excel in your career or you build your relationship revenue, not by knowing everything, but understanding that the learning process doesn't stop. That's the learning right. process is continuous. It doesn't matter if you graduate from high school or college or had this job or that job. If you remain a student, you know, that you can really kind of grow and learn. So I just Absolutely. want to say thank you so much. <laughs> I hate to see you go, but hang out for just a second. Now, yes. people want to connect with you and learn more. Um, I want No, let me not say that because I want to try to bombard her asking her about how you can get on that TED stage, right? <laughs> but if people are interested in applying to potentially be a part of some of the TED experiences, yeah. send me over that, e that, that website and I'll put it in the show notes so yeah. people can click. But if they, because I, I don't want you to be my boss. It's, it's right? TED.com. There's okay. a speaker there application go. form on TED.com that they can apply. TED.com. Okay, Miss mm -hmm. Monique, hang out for just a second. I'm going to close out and come right back to you, okay? All righty. All right. Listen, y'all, I'm full. I just feel like I had a, the biggest cup of Monique magic ever. Um, just so many good nuggets and gems. I'm always just grateful that I can meet great people and, and share their voices with you. So if you are interested in being a part of a TED experience, like Monique mentioned, you can go to TED.com. Also, I will put you know that website in the show notes as well. But she talked about getting comfortable with taking risks, You know, really understanding that as women, especially Black women, that we don't have it happen. We don't have to have it all together to pursue that next layer, the next level, 80-20. But then what she said is when she gets there, she puts 120% in. I heard her say that. So she got 80%. She's going for it. But when she gets in the room, she's giving 120%. So just great wisdom, great nuggets. And as always, I appreciate y'all tuning in every week. I read the comments. I read the emails. Uh, I thank you. And if you love Monique's episode, make sure you leave us a review or a comment. But be sure to share this podcast episode with someone who you know might be interested in participating in a TED Talk experience. Again, my name is Quinn Conyers. You just got done listening to the Speak Black Women podcast. Again, it's been my pleasure and my honor to amplify, highlight, and illuminate the voices of Black women in business and in their careers. Until next time, enjoy your day.